The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 5 Tool Podcast. As always, I'm George Klein, and this week I talked to Alex Zimblist about just kind of where we're at in the NBA season now. Trade deadline passed, a lot of moves, Eastern Conference top teams especially making a big push heading towards the playoffs, so we had a lot of fun talking about that. Again, still waiting on Harper and Machado to sign, but eventually we will talk about some Major League Baseball, I promise, especially now that we're almost basically at spring training so we'll talk some nationally talk some american league at some point when these free agents start to sign so thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast okay so for this week i'm here with alex Simblis. he's in studio once again and a lot of nba trade stuff happened the trade deadline passed last thursday a little over a week once you hear this um but a lot of big game-changing moves especially in the eastern conference and that's where i think we'll start off Mark Gasol, obviously, to the Raptors. Miritich to Milwaukee. Sixers go all-in with a trade for Tobias Harris. They also ditched Markel Fultz, and all that's happened there. And the Celtics kind of stood pat, and a lot of grumbling over there. So, Alex, my first question for you, what do you think of these moves? If you had to say right now, how would you say like that that top of that Eastern Conference sort of shakes out heading into the playoffs? Yeah, so... The as big a story as everyone that these teams got is the the story of who the Celtics didn't get, and not in terms of a particular player per se, but you know the the issues that they've been having, potentially locker room issues. Here's the deal: I think that the Celtics still have as much talent as all of the other teams at the top of the East. You know, Kyrie's doing great things. Tatum's a tremendous talent. They've got a lot of talented players who are underperforming. You still hope that Hayward can inch back closer to what he was. You know, they've got a lot of really good players who have kind of regressed a little bit from last year. And and you got to think that if they can straighten out whatever locker room problems they're having, if they can kind of right the ship, that the talent's still there on their on on their end. Um, so I'm I'm less concerned about uh, the talent that they didn't acquire and more concerned about the issues that they're having internally as an organization, and I'm not sure that a trade would have necessarily solved that problem. In terms of the other teams, yeah, they all got stronger. The The biggest thing is the 76ers getting Harris, right? Um, and they've had a few monster games uh, since they acquired him. So, I mean, I, I guess I'd say watch out for the 76ers, right? It's just so curious with the Celtics because... Obviously hugely underperforming from what where we expected them in the year, but I've never seen a team where they're doing fine and then all of a sudden they lose a game and it seems like everything falls apart. Because recently they had that stretch where they went 9-1, and one, only loss was to the Warriors, and then they blow two large leads and all of a sudden locker room, no one likes each other, Marcus Morris, you know, strong comments to the media. All of the fans are concerned about Brad Stevens, a lot of the players, there's articles and reports about People don't like other people. How's that Kyrie-Jalen Brown relationship, Jalen Brown-Marcus Morris relationship, all that kind of stuff. So you have to wonder at this point, is this situation still 
you know, I guess, handable, which isn't a, an incredible word to use. I'm not even sure if it is a word. But it describes it well because at this point, it seems more and more likely that Kyrie leaves, right? Yeah, I mean, you you saw him kind of back out of his comments earlier this season. You said, I'm back if you'll have me, which was... It. And that wasn't a, yeah, like, I'm probably going to come back if that's what you guys want. He said it, uh, you know, pretty unequivocally. He was, he was like, if you guys will have me... I'd love to um, be here, yeah. Yeah, and, and then he really backed out of that. And anytime a player does that, they try to kind of maybe mitigate the strength of their previous statements and say, oh, well, you know... Yeah, I still feel that way, but you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, play it by ear, see how it goes, uh, focus on the season ahead of me. So he said all the right things, kind of defending his change um, in tone a little bit. But that being said, yeah, something's up because he went from I want to resign with the Celtics to I'm not gonna be committal. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm gonna make this prediction now. It's February. It's I think episode thirty. All right, I'm going to say Kyrie and Katie end up in New York next year. You can call me out if I'm wrong, but that's just how I feel. It seems like all the momentum, and it reminds me of how we heard all of this Lakers stuff with LeBron last year, where at first there were just a couple of whispers, but then it kept kind of increasing, increasing, and by the end it just seemed you know natural that like he would go to the Lakers. We're kind of having a similar thing with Kyrie and Katie, where there was open speculation, wow, you know, the Knicks might have a lot of cap space, it might be in a good spot but now all of a sudden there's more and more whispers katie moved a business out to new york who knows what to make of that all of that kind of stuff Kyrie yeah, well, ask, ask kd about it why don't you? <laughs> well i mean i would love to have him on but i don't know if he's going to necessarily yeah, show he, up here he doesn't get too happy that when the reporters <laughs> ask him about his free agency um, yeah that was a really interesting moment totally off the cuff since we didn't plan on uh talking about but what did you make of that i mean i don't know i don't like katie i think he's got an attitude he, he just kind of got got frustrated let it get the better of him and and went a little overboard with his media criticism which which didn't look good on his part at all that being said it makes sense why the media is asking him that because you make a good point there's a lot of speculation about him going to new york um as well as Kyrie. i can definitely kind of see his side just in that i mean if i was a star nba player looking at a lot of the questions that these reporters ask you would drive me up a wall and just having to do that after every game but also it's in your contract it's one of the things that you just have to do it's part of a job we all have parts of our job or work that we don't like to do I mean but you do what what you have to do you get your stuff done and then also if you really want to we could just kind of put this whole thing to rest just in that I'm staying with the Warriors that's what I'm doing so if he's that annoyed because he doesn't want all this talk about other teams. But, I mean, the possibilities out there. So it's just natural for uh, people to, to talk and to speculate. It's just part of what builds up this industry, just that entertainment aspect. So I think that's just something that you kind of have to understand. But Everyone else in the league seems to understand it for <laughs> the most part. So. so the Sixers, we had mentioned them a couple minutes ago, how they were going all in. And... It's interesting that they're going all in now since Golden State kind of stands alone and kind of at the top of the league, almost untouched and unrivaled. But Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris will be free agents after this year. And the Sixers have, you know, come out on the record saying that they're confident they, they can re-sign both those guys. It seems like a lot of articles about how they're hoping to move forward with that, with a big four of 
Simmons, Embiid, Butler, and Tobias Harris. Now, if you're a Sixers fan, are you concerned about this move, or is it just like, let's just enjoy NBA as a star league? Because if worst case scenario, both of those guys leave, so you're kind of left almost three steps back to where you were. Yeah, so it, I don't mind it, and, and here's why. Uh, I, I guess the first thing is that anytime you trade for... I guess, are we calling Tobias Harris a star now? I, I, I think I he's a star. I, I mean, know, he's, I don't know what to call him quite. He's quite not now. a superstar, but he's I would label a him superstar. a star. Yeah. He's an all-star he, level guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. All-star Tobias Harris. Um, when you add a guy like that to a team, it always remains to be seen. Is he a kind of guy who puts up good stats on a not-great team who can get a not-great team to have a few more wins than they would have otherwise had? Or is he the kind of guy who can plug on any team, even a good team, and he makes you better? Um, and those are kind of tough questions to answer until he gets there. Um, and I'm, the couple games that he's played, I guess it's worked out well. But it, it still remains to be seen just how, how that chemistry works. Um, I don't mind them going all in. I think that they have a really good team uh, to do that with. The, the other thing that I'd say just in response to your point about uh, if they're not able to re-sign these free agents, then what? Then you still have... Embiid and Simmons, True. who are two of the brightest young stars in the game. And I think a lot of times you talk about teams going all in uh, in the sense that maybe not this year, but the previous few years, the Cavs went all in when they had LeBron. They said, look, we have LeBron. He might not stay after this. He's getting older. The window's closing. We're going all in. And the 76ers, the window's not closing. So they can go all in. Yeah, they're trading some young assets. But if it doesn't work out and Tobias Harris leaves and Jimmy Butler leaves, then what, Simmons is 21, 2, 3, and Bede is a year or two older, something like that. Like These guys are still really young and going to be getting better in, in their primes for a long time, so that's that's plenty of time uh, to, to rebuild your team around them. So I'm not too concerned in that sense. Yeah, my take, I like the move as well, I think, that at the at, at its core, like I was mentioning in my question, that the NBA is a star league and you need stars to win. So I think that they can keep one of those two guys. I'm not sure if that they'll be able to keep both since that's obviously a, a tall task. But if you can keep either Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris, that's a big step forward in sort of becoming a playoff contender and what's starting to look like might be a new NBA landscape. So I think that you have to take that risk. You have to go all in for these ultra talents hopefully convince them to kind of stay because if it works, it really works. And we've seen with Oklahoma City that no one expected Paul George to to stay with them. Everyone kind of wrote it off as a one-year experiment and then he'd be off to the Lakers. But obviously that move really worked out for them. Yeah, I mean, you, you said a second ago that the Warriors seem untouchable. And I basically agree with that, but not entirely because uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder seem like if there's a team in the West that's going to challenge them, they're the ones. Yeah, I think that they could take that series to like six because just when you look at the defensive length, intensity, ability on that team, that's the kind of thing where I could see the Warriors kind of get clogged up. If you have a rough shooting night, then that's not going to work. And the way that Paul George is playing is, I mean, three levels above anywhere that we've seen him before. So it's really worked out for them. Now, another move that the Sixers made is Markel Fultz traded him for Jonathan Simmons, what will ultimately be a low first-round pick and a second-round pick. So, Fultz on the Magic, in my opinion, it's a much-improved situation for him. Low pressure, the Magic are kind of out of the way, 
below 500 team. No one's going to be, you know, mocking him on Twitter as much. Um, all of the eyes won't be on him in the way that they have been. So he needed a restart. I, at this point, I still have a little bit of hope. I think he can be a productive NBA player, but I don't think his shot's ever going to come back. I don't think he's ever going to be the star player that he could have been just because now that we're talking about a year and a half, soon to be like, what, two years eventually, that he will not have shot like a normal jump shot. It's tough. So in your opinion, where do you see Markel Fultz's career kind of unfolding? I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. I don't think Markel Fultz knows. It's it's one of the weirder things that's, ha- that's happened in the NBA since I started following the sport. So it, it's really hard to know. I, I like the trade, though, um, f- both ways. If you're the Mavericks, take a chance on a guy who's drafted one overall you know, maybe maybe he bounces back, um, and he is as good as people thought he was going to be when he was drafted. Uh, maybe he does go on to be the biggest or one of the biggest first overall busts of all time. And from the Sixers' point of view, you know, it was it was time to go separate ways. It it wasn't working, and like you said, taking the pressure off of him somewhere that's not contending um, isn't a bad thing. Yeah, and if you're the Sixers as well, it's. You're trading a player that you couldn't use this year for a solid role player who could be a help in Simmons, who hasn't been good this year, but a lot of that I think has to do with the magic and just kind of the aura around that team. If you're a role player, a lot of your your impact comes comes from effort. It's just easier to, you know, hype yourself up for a game if you're playing for the 76ers and a contending team than the Orlando Magic. Oh, so sorry, I, I said Mavericks earlier. I'm realizing Magic. Yeah, no, yeah. Bad. No, 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 all good. Um... And then we, and then I mean to add on, just if you can get like a twenty fifth overall pick too, again usable second round pick, normally means nothing, but at least you're just getting assets for something that just wasn't able to be used. At yeah, I mean all. a twenty fifth overall yeah. pick could end up being better than yeah. Markel Fultz. Yep. So another big move you had mentioned, you had mentioned the Mavericks, and the Mavericks did make a big move. They get Chris Stops Porzingis. And massive trade both ways. A lot of salary dumps. People are trying to, you know, shed, expire contracts. The Knicks dump the Hardaway contract. That's on the Mavericks now. But I love the trade for the Mavericks because Chris Porzingis, it's, again, one of those risk, high-risk, high-reward things. You know, it seems like he's very injury-prone. Hopefully, he's able to form a stronger foundation, strengthen his legs and his rehab. But the peak for this guy is one of the biggest stars in the game. There was a few stretches there before he, you know, unfortunately tore his ACL where he was looking like a number one guy on a playoff team type of person. So add in Doncic, add in Porzingis, you can sort of see the pieces of this contender that are uh, coming together. And it's just worth it to get a talent like that. I'm fine taking on those uh, contracts. It seems like it's a risk, you know, that had to be made. Because also the Mavericks aren't going to get, or historically have not gotten the highest quality free agent kind of guy. So if you can get that kind of a talent, you just have to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think a lot of people don't love this deal for the Knicks. Um, I, I happen to be okay with it, actually. Perzingis is as talented a player as he is. It, it's tough to build an organization where uh, the, the Knicks want to get free agents and they kind of track free agents. Um, and, and to build a team around someone and, and they want star power um, and to have to have a guy that is 
look, like you said, Porzingis has uh, a top 10 ceiling, maybe even higher, but it's it's also possible that he never comes back to the form that he was uh, pre-injury and that he uh, he doesn't quite keep developing um, in the way that we, we thought he would. So, you know, I kind of get it from their perspective. But yeah, like you said, best case scenario, uh, the Mavericks are feeling real good. For the Knicks, at first I kind of got sucked into all of that anti-Knicks talk where everyone loves to kind of crap on them. And I, I mean, there's been so many bad awful moves there over the past, you know, let's say 10 to 15 years that it's easy to kind of quickly turn to Knicks hate. But again, you had a guy who clearly wasn't happy with the organization. They weren't happy about the relationship with his brother and like how much power that he was trying to to wield and just clearly not thrilled to move ahead with the Knicks and injury prone. Who knows where that team goes if the core of your group is a disgruntled, injury-prone player. And this move will either look really good or really bad. If you get Kyrie and KD in free agency, it looks really, really good because you cleared a bunch of space with this trade. You set the framework in place. You allow those guys to go there. If you end up with, like, Tobias Harris, then not so much. You're not looking as good. But the goal of the NBA, it's what I always come back to. It's, It's to win a championship. It's not to come in fourth in the Eastern Conference. It's to win a championship. And I think if you're the Knicks, if you're the Knicks, high-valued organization worth a lot of money, might as well go for a championship. And this is the best path that you have right now to achieving that goal. Agreed. All right, so let's go to last sort of topic, Anthony Davis. Massive stuff. We were, you know, I was refreshing at some points, like every couple minutes to just see what was happening with that. We all kind of know the story at this point. Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis wants a trade, clearly wants to go to the Lakers, doesn't like the Celtics. Lakers offer a huge package, Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, first round picks, blah, blah, blah. New Orleans says, no, shove it. We don't really like you. So now you have an awkward situation where Anthony Davis is kind of sort of playing. They didn't really want to play him, but his agent went to the league and then the league said, you have to play him. And you're kind of just left with this guy who doesn't want to be there playing like 20 minutes. So what's your just take on the overall situation and where do you think he ends up? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit sad that there's all this kind of negative press around Anthony Davis and, you know, players never really, they always kind of get flack for requesting a trade. And uh, he's had a great career for the Pelicans. Um, he does deserve to be on a team that's going to compete for a championship. Um, he's, you know, really an elite talent in the game. Um, so, you know, I look forward to seeing what he can do on, on maybe a different team. That being said, I I don't know how much I do make of the situation at this point. Look, uh, it makes sense that the Pelicans would wait. It's not like the Lakers package is going to get worse, um, between now and the off season. And so you might as well see what else you can get from other teams, maybe drive up that price even more. And if you're the Pelicans, you you wait and see what the best package is. And I don't know. Yeah, I think this is a situation that ended up being lose-lose for kind of everybody. New Orleans looks a little salty and like they didn't make the best move for the future of their franchise, I think. So if I had to make a prediction right now, it's that Davis ends up on the Lakers for a slightly worse deal than had already been offered. Really? That would be my call, because I think that they're expecting the uh, 
Celtics to offer up Jason Tatum, and I don't know if the Celtics necessarily followed their what they what they said. If it's just kind of like you know trying to delay the proceedings, but I don't think that Anthony Davis looks incredible either. Just as another guy, where not living up to your contract, you know, wanting out, and I'm all for uh, player movement, but he's going to be given a level of criticism that he hasn't had before. He's already gotten kind of booed by the home crowd. And then the Lakers too, you know, it does seem like some of these things are a a little bit orchestrated and it seems like a lot of the other teams in the league are not happy with the Lakers and just don't want to do deals with them. We had a little of that with the Spurs and Kawhi where you heard that they were just going to trade Kawhi to any team that wasn't Los Angeles. Yeah. So that's, so that's my call. Anthony Davis to the Lakers eventually, but Last question before we go. Do you have issue with the sort of nature of things where all the players are just asking for trades right now? And there's just lots of player movement every couple months. I have no issue with a player going to the management and saying, hey, I, I would like to be traded. If you don't trade me, I will continue to play my heart out for this organization um, and, and not bring it up again, but I want you to know that I'm not planning on resigning in free agency. And, uh, if, if knowing that means that you want to trade me now to, to get something for me, um, then by all means. And if they want to say a couple preferences, um, that the team may or may not listen to, that's fine. I don't know which side is publicizing it, if it's the player club or, um, you know, some some other sources. And it's unfortunate when I think it does get publicized. Obviously, I like knowing about it. Um, yeah, it's fun but, to talk about. And, it, and, it's, and it's fun to talk about. It is a little bit too bad, though, because it creates these awkward situations where you have star players like Anthony Davis who uh, aren't really playing or, you know, are, are half playing which I think is too bad. So on principle, no, I, I think that the players should be able to. At the same time, they have contracts, and, and if they're not going to be traded, it's not really fair to the organization for, for it to be public knowledge that a player would rather be traded. Yeah, I think what we're going to start to see is organizations kind of uh, offering up more resistance. We've seen over the past couple of years that teams have mostly just kind of immediately looked to move them with Kyrie or Kawhi and those kinds of situations but i think we're gonna see more of that new orleans kind of style where they're they're waiting saying hey you might want to trade but that doesn't mean we have to trade you which might create some awkward situations so that will be it for us uh alex thank you for coming on yeah thanks for having me we had fun with this hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening bye